All right, what's up, guys? Um, this is a different feel to this podcast today because, like I promised, well, it's not on time. It's not on time, okay? I said twice a week. That might fucking change, okay? Because it's going to be once. It was once last week. It's going to be twice this week. we got a special guest, Joseph Gallant, Joseph Gallant Music, my buddy. He's in town for the weekend or for the week. He did a show last night in New Hampshire with, uh, with Jimmy Allen. At Hampton Beach, which I heard is kind of like Old Orchard Beach, um, but obviously not as awesome. Because anybody who knows Old Orchard Beach knows that Old Orchard Beach is just the zenith of anything you could do ever in your life. Um, and he's got a um, he's be home for a few days. Um, Jimmy Allen's I think playing tomorrow at Aura Two, which means absolutely fucking nothing to you because by the time you hear this, Jimmy Allen will be back in Nashville uh, playing video games or drinking or doing whatever he does. <laughs> so. Um, but no, so, uh, my first guest, um, now again, like I said, I'm not going to, this is not going to be a guest heavy show because it's just too hard to get guests. Um, if, if people happen to come through and they can jump on fantastic, if not, um, you know, if we can get somebody in here, then that's what we're going to do. So that's what we got to do today. Um, we have a couple of sodas. Uh, so, you know, um, no espresso today. So we're going to be talking a little bit, staying on, staying on brand with, with what this podcast is, which is there is no uh, really parameters for what this podcast is. I think you guys can get a basic feel of, of what the messages are. And I've gotten amazing feedback so far on some of the stuff we've touched on. Uh, but today, like I said, I promised uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a silly goose time because this is one of my best friends in the world and the, the co-creator of the word Throd. So Joseph Gallant, welcome. Hey, man. I'm psyched that we're doing this finally. I know. It seems weird because you and I uh, should not be doing a podcast together. <laughs> no, 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 no. Certainly not uh, uh, unsupervised. <laughs> Where's Amy? <laughs> yeah, this is the, the perk of a snow. So, so right now we're doing a release today for Catalyst, and uh, we actually closed the store down at 2 because it's like the ice storm of 98 in here, which – if you were born after 1998, you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. But basically, this was back before cell phones and stuff. And, like, you know, you had to, like, basically stay in your house with a fire keeping you warm and playing, like, Monopoly. Because all the electricity in the entire state went down for a week. I digress. Um, anyway, so, so, um, so yeah, so a lot of people have been asking about this. And I'm just going to get it out of the way right up front. This is the Throt episode. Um, people for about two years now, and I don't know if people have asked you, but people will always message me and say, what does Throt mean? And this is a special treat for people today because we are not going to tell them. (laughs) (laughs) It's not for you to know. Everybody has their own dialogue. Everybody has their own thing that they bring up. I'll tell people that are on the Throt list. I'll tell people who are Throts. And for some reason, people still don't understand what it is. And that's okay. They don't need to know. But at the end of this episode, we're going to read off the entire list in its entirety. I don't want, you can send recommendations, you can text recommendations afterwards, but we're still not going to tell you what it is. It's for us to know. Everybody has their own little code words um, and that's ours. So I don't even know, how, how, did that, how did that even start? When did we start saying that? I have no idea. <laughs> it's, more it's, it's become our form of pig Latin, which the girls in school, I remember as a kid, I'd get super bummed out because girls could talk in pig Latin and I never knew what the hell they were saying the whole time. I was like, man, now I'm, I'm just, I'm rising. 
That just brought me back to high school, though, because I remember I just I had someone's I'm not going to say their name, but I had someone's face in my head that they used to have a made up language that they would. It was the girls on the basketball team at Skowhegan and they would talk. And then there was me that was on like my third year of Spanish and I could only say, I think this is what I used to say. What did I used to say? Uh, gr- uh, grande, grande Oso. Okay. Yamo Grande Oso. That means I'm a big bear. <laughs> <laughs> so three, three years of Spanish and that's, that's what got. you got. That's all I got, dude. Man. <laughs> that's all I got, dude. Oh man. Um, but no, so we, I, I'm pretty sure like, when Joe got me back into fishing like five years ago now, uh, I think I don't know. Kyle was afraid to touch the fish at first. Yeah, which is why. Well, which you know, really the, funny. the thing is though, you know, the thing about that is though, is that I was such a little shit when I was a kid that when I would go fishing with my grandfather and my uncle, or when I was on the dock and Sherry was there, <laughs> um, when the fish would come in, I thought that my job was done, that I had caught it. And then it was someone else's job to take it off. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, and anybody who's listening to this podcast knows the, the Philadelphia Zoo story. Like I had, I had uh, some behavioral issues when I was a kid. Um, so I remember, and I used to see my uncle. My uncle used to bring paper towels with him on the boat. Michael Jesse. Yes, I have an Uncle Jesse. Um, <laughs> he, looks like, he looks like Wario, uh, Mario's evil brother. Truly. He does. He totally does. Um, and he would bring paper towels and like put a paper towel in his hand. And like hold the fish and then put it back in the water because you don't want to touch them. So, uh, but now long, long are those days because now like uh, you got me back into it and it's been great because like literally like after you moved away, uh, which we'll get into in a minute, uh, and I had your canoe, but I also got my kayak that's sitting right there. Like that's like really the only thing that's kept me sane. Like I was able to just like find that alone time, which I've always talked about on here is like so extremely important. So thank you for getting me back into fishing and yeah, and yeah, showing me kind of yeah, because before you, I never used, uh, I never used, um, Senkos. Senkos. Yeah, no dude, straight night crawlers on a hook. And I would just cast it out there and just hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And that was that. Well, Nick lean got me onto those and I, I hadn't fished for a, a long while too. And Nick lean took me out one day. And then it was kind of the same deal. I just got got the bug for it. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's really weird too because people always say to me like, it, like, what's the appeal of it? And I, I don't. I could. I guess I can equate it to girls that are obsessed with yoga. Um, I don't know people who like to write. People who like to read. I mean, like at the end of the day, especially in the summer, you know, it's four or five times a week. I'm I'm heading out twenty minutes to the west of here and just just fishing because it's like a. It's. I mean, obviously, it's really fun. But there are plenty of times where I don't catch jack shit, and it's just it's just like a good a good you know time. I think and it's I, the quiet and the detachment. You know, like you go out there and you may or may not have service, but you're not scrolling through stuff or yep. worried about marketing yep. something for Catalyst or or anything like that. And then being in in nature as humans are kind of supposed to be. I feel like more. You know, I feel like so, more of a man when I go fishing. Hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? Like because. We're over here worried about who's fucking liking a post. Yeah, I know. That's the least masculine yeah. shit ever. Yeah. You know. I just, I just feel it's well. It's cool the kayak too. It's good with a, a canoe when you and I would go. But um, it's cool the kayak because like there's the load up, the load out. You bring it to wherever you're putting in, and then you know a lot of these places I go to now like there's no boats on the lake, so you gotta like you know you're just there. And nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, you're always the only person, and it's just like a cool thing because a lot of these places too the service. 
people like listening out of state probably won't understand this, but like there's some parts of Maine that like don't have 4G. <laughs> so sometimes you don't even have a choice. You're just, you just have your downloaded playlist or whatever and you're not on your fucking phone, mm-hmm. which is nice. So, but yeah, this could be, this could be a three hour podcast. Not going to keep you that long today. Um, we might, we might. Yeah, we might. It is pizza Friday. I might miss my first pizza Friday in a while. Cause it's the roads are a little slick out. Um, but I basically wanted to have you on because I mean, like you and I have known each other for like almost a decade, almost a decade. Yeah, now. that's crazy. Wild. That is wild. Getting old. Um, but like, just the general theme of the podcast so far. And I know you've listened to the first four, but it's really like, for me, like it's really it's been fun getting older. Like I used to like be very afraid of getting older because I feel like I would never figure it out. But like as I've gotten older, you kind of realize like there's all these things that you look back on like you and I always talk about stupid shit we used to do and it's like a good even if you don't share it publicly like it's a good lesson to like you know to go forward with so that's I guess that would be the theme like self-help type thing you know what I mean but um you're interesting because I remember uh the summer we actually got into fishing I remember you weren't playing music at all and weren't you looking into selling your guitar too I did um yeah, I was. I, I was. Diet uh, Coke. <laughs> no, I was done. Like literally to to the point where, uh, like, I settled into a corporate job, and um, I was just super frustrated, uh, and not really having fun playing music anymore. So, like, I changed my Instagram name. I took music out of it. I put kind of took everything off the internet. Um, I don't know if it was like me being pouty and taking my ball and going home, but I just sort of like lost the, the passion that I had for it originally. And I mean, and I was okay with that just being, all right, cool. I did this for a few years and now like similar to sports, I sort of left that as a part of my life to, to still, you know, be involved with a little bit, but I'm just going to let that be where it is Mm -hmm. and I'm going to move on to something else. Um, but yeah, there, there, I was, I was done with it. Yeah. That was like, I, I could relate to that. I, I, well, there was, there was two phases of that for me. The one was football, but I went on my first arena league tryout. That was it. I was done. I just not, I, I wanted nothing more to do with football and it, I was fine leaving it. But there was, I think probably at that time it was probably the six year mark. It was right after we had rebranded. You and I came back from Hawaii actually. And that was, uh, but prior to that and prior to me kind of giving it one last go, I remember I felt the same way. Like I was just kind of like, cause you can, I mean, you can get, I mean, it, it, it's easier than ever now to reach a bunch of people because of social media, but it's, it's harder than ever to gain a following or to get like good quality people that like believe in what you're doing, want to see you succeed. And it was just so hard. It was just, it was just such a long process for me that I, I felt like I could never get over that hump, whatever that hump, whatever that imaginary hump in my head was. But like, I don't know. Like, and then I remember at the end of the summer, I think you got a gig with, um, was it Turner, Josh Turner. Granger was the first Granger, one. Granger yeah, was the Granger first Smith, one, but then wasn't yeah. there a Josh Asylum. Turner gig at the end of the summer too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a few months after that. Yep. Uh, the now, main state pier. Now people have to understand too, like you weren't playing music at this time. Right. And, <laughs> and, um, the, the pier we're talking about is 4,000 people. It was 5,000, 5,000 people yeah. right on the water in Portland, Maine, uh, big national country acts. And, uh, Joe got an opportunity to 
to open for these guys and, and hit it out of the park. Now, and I, and I say that too, like I say this as a friend, like the difference between you then and now and that four or five years, whatever it's been is like when you open for Granger in September and we all went to the show at Aura, it was like your, your stage presence, your act, your, your, the tightness of everything has just been like tenfold. So you, since that time, not to jump too far ahead, cause we're going to have to go back. But like, since that time, like you, you have opened for a lot of people mm-hmm. and you've got to meet a lot of people. And so just kind of talk about like, um, that call when like you, you knew you were going to do it. What, what kind of you were thinking about, like, um, is this something I'm going to get back into? And then like, kind of talk about like these, these opportunities that you kind of got and what you did, what you did with those. Sure. Uh, the, the Turner show originally, uh, when I got a message from the, uh, promoter at the time to play that show, I almost turned it down. Mm -hmm. And the reason was I was thinking, well, I'm not really doing this. Maybe it was, it would be more served, you know, or, or, uh, better used with somebody else to kind of give them a springboard to do something. And I called my dad and he's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, no, take this go play with Josh Turner, dude. And I was like, well, yeah, all right. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. Um, but you also don't want to feel like you're, you also don't want to feel like you're, you're getting one over on somebody. You know sure, what I mean? Like sure. you don't want that. You want, um, and my original, my, my gut reaction to that, I don't know if it was, uh, fear of, uh, you know, having my heart broken with music again, mm-hmm. or if it was really coming from a place of, maybe someone else should have this gig or maybe I was nerd. I don't know what it was, but yeah. maybe a mix of all that, but I did it. And, uh, I remember there was another girl that, that he had on the road with him named Raquel Cole, who's still a friend of mine now, um, who lives in Nashville, but she was sick. And so I was only supposed to play for 20 minutes. So mm-hmm. I prepared for 20 minutes and Josh's tour manager, Brian Hill comes up to me. He's like, you, you cool to play a little longer tonight. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you thinking? Like another song? He's like 50 minutes. Oh, so I have to go. I, mind you, I never played in front of more than maybe two hundred people before. Maybe, and yep. I think it was at your show, the Elixir show. Oh yeah, it was probably oh, yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah. show I'd yeah. ever yeah. done. Asylum, uh, yep. attendance wise. Yep. So I'm like, fifty minutes, just me and a guitar, dude. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm yeah. like, but I gotta do it. So yeah. I paced around the, the the green room for half an hour. Joel yeah. Thetford was with me, and <laughs> he's like, dude, just you gotta calm down. And Josh. Uh, has a dry backstage she's right. not a drinker on the road so I, you know i don't have that kind yeah, of remedy to chill me yeah. out and which yep. was which was good i think but um yeah i mean after after i did that i felt like i could do anything yep. because i got through it and you know yep. it wasn't the best show that i've ever put on but i did it yeah and then nothing has scared me since then yeah so so then so then after that i remember this you get back into music and i just remember like as as your books you know we're, we're friends first you know and then like now like i'm a fan but we're we you know we're best buddies and it's like you know you're opening for chase rice and then king throt kip moore <laughs> <laughs> um trying to think you just did jimmy allen last night granger smith um i'm, I'm forgetting people off the top of my head um it just seemed like it was like a nev- never-ending like run uh, Billy Curt was a Bill- Billy Currington. No, you didn't. I, never, do, I haven't you played didn't with Billy. Billy. You didn't do. But Billy. we did go um, to that show. Yeah. Um, but I felt like it was just like a never-ending kind of kind of thing, and like that's like what I was talking about last week with like when the opportunity comes, like be ready. You could have went to that show with Josh Turner, and you could have been like god awful, 
and I can relate it to me from a standpoint of like you said, you had 20, 20 minutes initially, 50 prepared. I mean, I've probably given 50 speeches in the last four or five years. And there have been some that I have just been like, holy shit. I feel, <laughs> I, feel I feel guilty taking, taking the payment for mm -hmm. doing this job. Um, so like if you would have went and did that, I don't think that would have happened, but you kept, it wasn't like they were just giving you these opportunities because you were, you know, right. you were just the guy, you know, they, they gave them because they knew you could do something, do a job well, which is get the crowd ready for the person that they mm -hmm. came to see. Um, but also too, you were building this resume and, um, I think that's like kind of a lost, a lost thing now in, in music. Like, I feel like so many people try to, like, we always talk about on here, like skip the steps, go right to Instagram, go right to, you know, trying to get something viral, trying to get a viral thing and then, and then figure it out once they get to that point, you know, but I think you've gone the other way. You have gone the other way. You, you, you gig and you gig with these big people and you create relationships. And like, we were talking about like last night, like life is, I mean, life is truly your hard work, but it's also the relationships. Cause if nobody likes you, that's not, it's not going to take right. you very far. But, um, but yeah, so, so after, after all this stuff, it was like two or three years, two or three years of that. I remember there was always, it was always like, you're opening for this person, you're opening for this person. You put out a EP American summer, right? Yep. You recorded that in Nashville. And when you were down in Nashville, what, what did you witness or see that kind of made you think like, maybe this is where I need to be? Man, it's <clears throat> being there and seeing, you know, everybody, even though it's a, a, a major city, certainly comparatively to, to, you know, any in Maine, yeah. the music community, everybody knows one another is connected in some way. So it's, it's very similar to Portland in that regard. It's just a kind of a bigger web. Yeah. Um, so I fought it for a while, the idea of moving there. I'm like, well, look, we have cell phones and we have airplanes and I have placed, I have ways that I can still be present in town, but not necessarily live there. Um, but uh, I got over myself thinking that I knew better. And there are people that I trust that, have had my back that for, for a while now that work in Nashville that are like, look, man, you can continue to do what you're doing in Maine and that's well and good. And if you're happy doing that, you should continue to do that. If you want to see really what you've got come to town. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was never pressed or pressured to go to Nashville by anybody. That was my, my choice. But people that I trust said that this is a, this would be a good move for you. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's why I made that decision. So I think, I think also too, I think what you said is really, it's a good thing for a lot of people who might listen to this, who are like young and up and coming with not just music, but if you're trying to go any entrepreneurial route, cause what you do is on is entrepreneurial. I mean, that's yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're, you're your boss, you're the employee, you're mm -hmm. the person who is, you know, at a certain level managing all your decisions and things. And I think a lot of kids now, Again, and it's, it's, I always say this, it's no fault of their own because I did this when social media was first new, you know, you, you just try to jump ahead, try to jump ahead, jump, you know, jump ahead. And I've done that before and you've done that before. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, well dude, I, it, I've openly talked about it. Like it's, it's, and it it's, always crashes and burns, always crashes and burns. <laughs> like it's, it's, I mean, like I'm, I'm one of the few people that you can look at my timeline of like, I got more, we, this company and myself got more media attention, national, local, whatever, 
when we were doing nothing, when we weren't running a business well, uh, than we do now. And we're doing more business and the business is running better than it's ever ran uh, now. And I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you the last time we had any type of, it's just, it's just, it's, right. you know what I mean? So, but like what you said about the challenging yourself thing, like you, people, you, you can fall into this category where it's like life's comfortable. You know, you might have a side job, you might not. Um, but like, and a lot of people are happy doing this. They're happy just doing what they do at the level they're doing it. And they don't want to get bigger and they don't want to get smaller. Um, and that's fine. But if you really want to go bigger, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, which like I have talked about on here. And like, like we're going to talk about now is like, you know, you had a life here. You knew everybody here. Your buddies are here. I'm here. Um, and you chose to leave all that behind to move to Nashville with only a few people that you probably knew there mm-hmm. and just go for it. And that's, that's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like that's, I can only imagine how uncomfortable it was for you. I mean, even when we travel, like when we came and see, saw you in Nashville in December and then when me and Amy were in Florida two weeks ago, it's like two days is good, but I could never imagine like plopping myself into a new city and being like, well, okay, like <laughs> this is, this is what we're going to do. So talk a little bit about like when you first got there, like what, what were your feelings? And like now it's been over a year now. You've been there for 14 yeah. months now. Like where, where are you at now? And kind of what, what happened there? Man, uh, the, the move is, the move was wild. Cause I, li- I mean, I lived in Westbrook. I rented a house from my, my good friend Gerard for, I mean, years. And I had a yep. day job that gave me flexibility and, um, you know, I was a suit during the day and then I was, a uh, you know, uh, wearing a 10 gallon hat on the weekends, uh, for, for a, a long time. So transitioning out of that job, a was like a big thing for me. Cause that was a big part of my life for a while. And, you know, even though it wasn't my favorite thing in the world, I'm very thankful for the time that I had, I worked for a, a, a company, a triple a, but, um, anyway, leaving that. And then I had a month and then I moved down. And then year one, I didn't, I went down. I don't know if I really had any expectations. I didn't know. I'd been to Nashville many times, uh, but to visit for a handful of days or for a couple of weeks. And so it was generally like, all right, I got a week. I'm going to write and record for four days. And then three days I'd give myself to like fuck off and like mm-hmm. go eat everything in sight and drink and, and, and all that. So being down there, uh, originally like it, it i felt a little bit like a dog chasing a car and still do sometimes it, i get there and i i get set up in this apartment it's like all right and now what yeah um and then that and you know it's like it's this whole new challenge of you know building more uh building your network and um you know f- professionally that's that's important but then you know i was doing that all the time and then i realized i was like man like i don't i don't i only have like a couple of like real friends here that are some i made through music some i didn't um but all of them were in like relationships so like (laughs) i gotta like get permission from the wife or the girlfriend to like come hang out at the house and that kind of thing and so it was like it was lonely for the first six or seven months there i got super lucky i mean derek you've met and mm-hmm. derek ratkowski who's a uh the a 
personal trainer. Shout he, out he Derek with, uh, Yeah, hey, what up, Dura? Uh, he <laughs> works with Old Dominion and and, and many other uh, uh, celebrities, I guess. But Derek and, and his wife, Amanda, really, I don't know if I would have even stayed in Nashville through a year if they weren't there. But yeah. uh, so uh, I get why people kind of encourage me to move to town now because of the, you know, the politics and just being able to be present in the room like um there's a a a guy that's helped me quite a bit in my career who when i was making this move he's like you must be present to win joe like and it's just he's like it's as simple as that like you have to go put yourself in the room and and kind of be okay with being the dog chasing a car does Mm -hmm. that make sense so no it does it does it's like it's the same uh it's the same thing i I wrote it on my notes here i thought it was a good kind of like um it's really hard to compare the two of what I do and what you do, but not really, but it's like, I remember, uh, I always like, for me, the equivalent would be, I used to have shared office spaces or work from home or like, even when I moved to Westbrook in the mill, I had, I think like a 10 by 10 spot in the corner. And I was giving a guy a hundred dollars a week, uh, uh, a week. Yep. Uh, to have this little corner and the rest of this thousand square foot room was his. And I remember as we grew and got to a certain point where it was like people were like, you need your own space, you need your own space, or, or you should have your own space. I'll never forget the day he left, and I, I just stood in that room by myself, and I was just fucking terrified because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, now the rent's, the rent's substantially more, and now <laughs> it's completely on me, and now I have to make this kind of go. You know what I mean? And I didn't have to move anywhere or do anything, and then – Fast forward to even moving down here. I mean, we're sitting in an office now that's twice as big, you know, beautiful store, beautiful facility. Like I have everything I need in here. Um, it still feels like weird when I walk in here because it's just it's exactly what I wanted and pictured. But still with that comes more bills, comes more, you know, responsibility. So it's like, I mean, I, I, I talked to Pete Bissell about this a lot. And we were talking about like the the shitting yourself moment where you're so fucking terrified when it actually becomes a reality that that forces you into like doing more and and being out there more. And I think a lot of people, like you said, like you said, you have to be in the room. It's like I feel like people do that on social media, too, where they don't they don't fully put themselves out there because they're afraid of rejection or backlash or whatever it might be. Um so like I always talk about like I used to be terrified of anybody's negative opinion of like our work, what we do, our stuff. And and now it's now it's Denny's Grand Slam times if that ever happens. <laughs> like, you know, cuz you got to you got to you got to take pride in what you do, you know, and you got to get used to you got to get used to rejection, you got to get used to all this stuff. And um you know, like I think for you like and I, even I thought that. Like when you said you were going to go there, I was like, well, I was like the world is so big, you know, like YouTube exists and like Spotify exists, like in iTunes. So like, why, why do you need to be in a specific spot? But having gone there and seen it and listened to stories, you tell me like, it's almost like being in, in LA for acting or in New York for modeling. Like, yeah, you could be from afar and be away, but it's really about the people that you meet and the relationships you have and, and being there. So people always see your face is a big thing. For me, it's a little different. I could, I could write right now. We could be recording this from fucking Anchorage, Alaska, and you guys wouldn't even know. Like, I mean, people would probably sniff it out sooner or later, but like, I don't really need to be in a certain place to run this business. I choose to be here because I love Maine. Um, and I have connections here and, and relationships with people and family. But, um, for what you do though, it's like, 
I think it means more to be there. You know what I mean? Like, and like, yeah, I was, I was sad to see you go and stuff, but at the same time, like as you get older, you do start feeling this kind of pressure to actually do the things that you've always wanted to do. Cause you know, from every older person I've talked to somebody in their forties, fifties, sixties, they say like, you have to do stuff because you, you're, you're going to look at yourself in the mirror one day when you're 57 and go, okay, I don't feel 57, but clearly I'm 57 right. <laughs> and yeah. I can't do these things now, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, it's regret. It, yeah. It, the... It's regret as a, you know, and I regret a lot of stuff that I did, but I'm thankful that I caught it in my early thirties and I can, and there's still things day to day that I regret that I do or have done. But now it's like, we, you know, reckless abandon, like you, you tour, you put out songs, you do your social media, like the same with mine, like if something hits great. If it doesn't, if something's rejected, if something negative is said, mm-hmm. like 24 hour rule, like you ingest the good for 24, you ingest the bad for 24 and you flush it after that and you just keep going. And that's the only difference between people who make it and people who don't make it. Obviously there's strategic, you know, decisions that you make along the way. You can't be an idiot and just hope that someone notices you. But, um, but yeah, it's just wild because I feel like it's only a matter of time for you before, um, you know, that, that luck that I talked about in like the third episode, I think, like meets the work, you know, luck meeting the work is, is that's really what it is. Because you've seen a lot of people in music, especially too, like, do you think about it? our childhood in the 90s growing up? How many one hit wonders did we see? That was like luck. Right. They did their thing. They're now working, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere else doing a different job, banking, whatever. Like, so you have to like luck can get you in the door. But whether or not you stay is is solely determined on like your work ethic. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like, and I and and your song since you've been down there, um, you know. But I don't was recently. But then Better Buzz is like your most streamed. Yep, that's like seventy thousand streams or something like that now. Or? Uh, it's 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 well into the hundred thousands on mm-hmm. like across platforms. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think it's around eighty on Spotify specifically, but across yeah. all platforms, it's probably around like one thirty or one forty. Yeah, which is crazy, and man, like <laughs> that to me is this is like kind of the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, with with what you know Peter does with Bissell brothers or with what you do with your stuff or what I do with music. If there was a time when I thought it had to just be like work, 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 push, push, push for more, which yeah, sure. That's all like well and good. And I was doing that for a while, but I wasn't taking time to like reflect on stuff that I was accomplishing or like small feats along the way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, so if catalyst turns into a thing where you have a massive factory, like at what point is it enough? Mm -hmm. Not saying that that's what you're going for, but just for example, if you just keep pushing, but you're not enjoying it along the way, then it's no good. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying in in theory. And so for me, it was like, I shit, it was probably 2018, like kind of right before I moved there. I was like, it's just not enough. Yeah. And I'm getting all of these slots, which I know being in town now, this little thing I played at Wally's last night in New Hampshire, you know how many people down there want that slot in yeah. Nashville that are extraordinarily talented? Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. And I'm landing those. Yeah. I'm very grateful for that. And I'm always very conscious of that now. And I've just become happier with my whole career because of that. Mm -hmm. So if I were to stack my streams up, for example, against 
Luke Bryan or mm-hmm. something like that, I'm going to constantly be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But if I look at it comparatively to the American Summer EP, mm-hmm. which was cumulatively spun like 40,000 times in two and a half years versus this other song in six One months song, is hitting yeah. these numbers, mm-hmm. I'm making forward progress. Yeah. And I'm really like enjoying that. Mm-hmm. And, and enjoying that that success and okay people are connecting with this and it's moving forward yeah so um self-awareness like like what i'm you, just happier if that if that makes well, sense by, no, it, by no, doing it, that. it, it so. makes sense i mean and 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 i like if anybody who follows me on social like you like i always and it's only happened the last couple of years I, I just think it just comes with growing older as a human being and as a man like you just you realize that the 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 money that you could potentially, I'm not saying me, but like the money that like you could potentially make in an occupation is not directly related to your happiness. Right. You know, and you, and if you're doing something in an art form, you want to be happy. Sure. So like I walk in here every day and I'm like just psyched to be in here to add stuff, you know, just I'm so psyched. And I always tell people that if there's ever a point where I don't feel that I'll just leave and we'll just stop because I, I've been in that position before. Same thing with you. Like you can tell when people and artists are going through the motions. Um, but the grateful part in being self-aware, I think is really big from what you said. Cause like you want to understand that if you're getting a spot, if you're opening for somebody today, prime example, you know, thousands of people went to the website, you know, like we're this, one of the biggest, the, the biggest February sale we've ever had today. Like that's, that's not lost on me. Like I am, like blown away that people relate to the stuff, wait up till people were up till, you know, midnight last night, 1am, 2am buying our stuff. Like that's not lost on me that people dig that and like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, same thing with you. It's not lost on you. Like when people like share your stuff on Instagram or like say that they're listening to it, mm-hmm. like every time anybody who follows catalyst knows this, like if you write to our page or if you like, mention us or something like I repost it. I write back like, because there's a time where people weren't doing that. Mm -hmm. So it gives you, it gives you perspective of like, appreciate your fans, appreciate the people playing your stuff, you know, like, cause at at one point, if that was me, you know, years ago when I, you know, when I wrote to Johnny cupcakes, the guy got back to me in like 10 minutes on MySpace. that made my fucking life. You know what I mean? That made me feel so good because this dude who was just like this icon to me, probably not to a lot of people, like took time to write like three paragraphs back to me. You know what I mean? So with that being said too, that kind of reminds me of a story you were telling me about. Um, Tell the Granger story about when you were thinking of hanging it up, hanging it up and what he said to you and how that kind of changed your perspective. If if anyone on here is a country listener, man, Granger Smith truly like maybe of all of the people that have become, I'm not going to say that he's a friend of mine. I have many acquaintances in the music business. That's kind of how people roll down there anyway. Like, you know, you get your little groups and everything that you really become friends. But, um, yeah, like he, he spent maybe 15 or 20 minutes with me, uh, after my set, because someone at the club Asylum, which is now Aura, but uh, Asylum at the time was like, man, like I, I heard you were thinking about like not playing and you were kind of done with it. And and he just sat there and, and A, the first thing, he listened to me, mm-hmm. which is a completely underrated skill <laughs> that I myself am still working on. I'm, I'm telling you, like. I haven't listened just, to a fucking thing you said this whole time. <laughs> <sighs> 
but uh, Grange, we were sitting in the in the in the green room at Asylum, and he's uh, he's just like, man, you know, I- I'll tell you, he's like, you don't need to like perform in front of people, but like, don't sell your stuff because music is part of you. Like, yeah. you wouldn't be up there. You know, I heard this song you wrote about South, a trip to South Carolina you took. Yeah. He's like, but you're the only one that took that trip and read it that way and can tell the story that way. Like you're you're the only you and it was just it sounds it sounds like a little like you know whatever but this is like he was one of the you know hot budding stars of nashville and a lot of times those guys don't act very kindly towards other people but granger is just he has a very you know kind of big old like older brother kind of calmness about him that has always really inspired me but anyway like that really like lit a fire under me like oh my god like this dude that i just met gives a fuck about me and that's cool or is in a position that you would love totally you you see that and you go that'd be a great position to Mm -hmm. be in i mean and and i mean he he he, not to take it there but i mean that guy i mean he was a road warrior for 15 years before anyone in nashville gave him any love and so you know uh, he's he's the example as far as i'm concerned of being able to be happy in in the moment with what you're doing but also like continuing and pushing and working hard so yeah i think i don't know this podcast is all over the place and that's the way i like it it's a silly goose time that's <laughs> but i think like i don't know i when we, the first four of these i've done i've viewed it as like my personal therapy session but also i hope i truly hope that there's people out there that listen that um understand that everybody's path is going to be different with whatever you're trying to do. doesn't even have to be running your own business, playing music, whatever it is. It's like, it's, it's everything that you can derive from the first four now five episodes is like, it's all, it's all your attitude. You know, it's like how you feel about what you're doing, what you're willing to accept, what you're willing to not accept. Um, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I get on here and I talk about, you know, like how I used to be, what I learned from that, accepting a lot of failures, accepting the good stuff and just keep pushing forward. I think if anybody out there is younger and listening to this, like you're, you're hearing a musician talk that is a year younger than me who grew up in, you know, down East Maine, who now lives in Nashville, has opened for a ton of national artists, you know, like only good things are coming his way, is doing a great job. And you know, he, he had to, he had to sell his guitar, think about quitting, come back, got some opportunities, made the most of the opportunities and has not just had that one opportunity. Cause there's been a lot of people who have gotten one gig with one person and then you never heard from him again. Like he continued to do this. Um, and you know, the same, same goes for anybody out there that's trying to do music too. Like you just can't, you cannot compare yourself to Halsey. And you cannot compare yourself to like whoever is like a massive, you just can't, you cannot do that. You have to like, and I used to do it all the time. I used to be like, well, what would, what would this company do if they were us? Right. And it's like, you get to a point where you're like, well, they're not us. We're the first us. We, we dictate what we're going to do. You know what I mean? Um, so you can take advice from people for sure. But at the end of the day, you're, you're the first, you're the first incarnation of you. So you have to do things your own way. You know, so it's just, you know, I hope that people take from this podcast that, um, especially younger kids too, because I know there's some kids from, uh, Man Youth Leadership that listen to this. And I just hope that you realize that, like, it's really anything's possible. It's really about what you're willing to put in, the sacrifices you're willing to make, making yourself feel uncomfortable, like 
moving to Nashville after you've lived in Maine your whole life, you mm-hmm. know, um, or like me, you know, take, you know, you know, having an entire room to yourself or having a bigger room to yourself and taking on employees. I mean, these are all things that like really make you nervous because you need to be able to, you know, pay these people and support them and run your business. Um, but yeah, I, I just hope people, you know, they, they take time to listen to this and they listen to, Oh my God, that could be me. You know, like I could, I'm one phone call away. Yeah. You're one phone call away, but also remember too, you have to, you have to deliver when you're there. So remember he said he was supposed to play for 20 minutes. He got asked to play 50 minutes. So if you're a musician, be ready for anything. And I sang Tennessee whiskey, which was like, I pulled that one out of nowhere. Cause I knew the two chords that it was. Yeah. I sang that in front of 5,000 people. I about shit my pants, dude. <laughs> dude. That's a different energy, man. I remember, uh, cause I've been on state. I've been in football games with a few thousand people, which is way different. Cause it's not all on you. And I've been, I think I've spoken to five or 600 kids at once. Uh, but I remember after the Kip, after your set at Kip, shout out to Kip, Kip Cock. <laughs> um, I remember like you were like, oh, let's go on stage after and like throw some t-shirts out. And I remember I walked up on stage and like that like feel of like 5,000 breaths like breathing mm-hmm. on you. I was like, oh, this is way different. Than Dude, anything. it's like, it's, it's, it's weird. I mean, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. It, oh it's, yeah. I'm it's sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, and you get comfortable. I've gotten more comfortable with it. And yeah. I have I have weird stuff that I do before. Sh- I take cold showers before shows. I do that every day now anyway. But yeah. I do that and I have like just like a I sit down and I like get my breath right. And yeah. like that always just takes butterflies away. Yeah. But people I, people have asked me a whole bunch of times. I'm like, what's that like? I'm like, it's fucking wild. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of fun. Like, you know, it's a, a lot of the grind on the on the side. That's the payoff of it is when I can go, OK, like I've been practicing this in my bedroom take a look at this you yeah. know and sometimes people are eh, they don't you kind of live market test but yeah i think also too like i mean i can only compare it to like when i speak the first like two minutes are the roughest mm-hmm. from a standpoint of like you're you're a ball of nerves which you should you should be excited you should be nervous if you're not if you're not nervous right. before a, a, anything performance related like you're a fucking cyborg <laughs> like <laughs> Just, just, Actual but you should killer, like, so the first like minute or two, you're kind of like bumbling, mumbling. And, and then when you get into your rhythm and you hit it and you nail it and you know, you nail it and it sounds better than what you practice in your room. For me, that would just be speaking. Um, it feels good. And you also know when you suck, mm-hmm. <laughs> you also know. So then you analyze like, and nine times out of 10, every time I've ever sucked in a speech, I've sat back and been like, okay, I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't prep as hard as I should have for that. I definitely shouldn't have. So like, definitely something to be said about practicing for sure too um but yeah man so let's see here well this is the longest podcast to date looks like looks like we're gonna go an hour maybe we'll go an hour i may have to take a pee break but that's why we that's pretty much why we always do 30 minutes anyway because i drink so much water and espresso during the day uh all i got in me is 30 minutes um but yeah so what would you say because this is i really want this to be more of like a like a kind of like gentle advice to people sure um, if someone right now is listening to this and they are 15, 16 years old, mm-hmm. 18, 19, maybe they, maybe they didn't go to college. Maybe they're just playing gigs, playing bars, whatever. Um, they got a couple good songs, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and they feel like they can't go any farther than where they are. Like what advice would you give them? Not just in country, but it yeah. just in music. Like, what, like what, what advice would you have? I mean, it's, it's, it's no different than with, you know, apparel, 
there's not there's not one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think trying lots of different stuff uh, stylistically is a is a good idea. I think playing a lot of open mics and playing. And then when you think you're ready to move to New York City or Chicago or, or, or to Nashville, wait one more year and play those many more shows mm-hmm. and just get used to singing in front of a microphone. Um, th- from a performance aspect, uh, I think that's just the most important thing is to, to really do a lot of that uh, as much as you can when you're starting. You'll grow a lot. Mm-hmm. It's just it's completely different singing to an audience with a microphone versus practicing in, in your room. It's yeah. just you can't replicate it yeah. you know, as much as you try. Um, so I think doing a lot of that is important. Uh, I mean, we could shit. I could talk about a lot of different stuff. But, I mean, I think it's uh, what – as much as sometimes people and even myself sometimes gripe about social media, I think, like, let's say you've got 50 followers – well, if you write something new or you have a performance video of something new that you're doing, post it and see what people have to say. We have this tool now where and I'm I'm doing I've been doing this since 2017 where I'll put snippets of songs or I'll put an acoustic version of a song on the internet and if I see a bunch of, you know, interaction with it and people are messaging me, I'm like, "Okay, well, this is the people that like what I'm doing like this. And yeah. I like it because I fucking wrote it. So yeah. I like everything I do, yeah. generally speaking. So, and I mean that. But, so then you kind of, you can kind of test your market that way. So I think that's another good thing to do. Uh, so another super underutilized be... thing is is collaboration. Yeah. Is another oh, thing okay, which I yeah. know I will tell you, like this is something that Peter Bissell is a master of, mm-hmm. um, you know, tying in, your brand to and then you're promoting his stuff and he's promoting you and then the stuff with the food trucks and mm-hmm. like he's he's it's it's genius and yeah. i think it's something that you know uh, hip hop has done it for years with with uh having features on songs and so you're starting to see it more in country that yeah. cross promotion is such a is such a valuable thing so yeah. i guess i'll cut myself off there no but, i think i think the i was i was trying sorry to not no you're good you, man but, um the uh the thing you said about the instant feedback was stuff I feel like a lot of people now, especially musicians and people that are trying to like do their own thing, they're like so terrified, so terrified of like a shitty comment mm-hmm. or feedback. Fuck them. Yeah, I if know. If they unfollow I, you, fuck them. I know, but it's it, it's so easy. Okay, they ain't gonna so, buy a ticket. They ain't gonna buy your shirt. Well, that's whatever. the thing. Fuck so, them. so that's the thing. So it's like I always talk about this on here. Like, you know, if if we have ninety four hundred followers on our Facebook and our Instagram, so collectively, you know, some of those people cross over. Let's just say fifteen thousand people that follow us, whatever. Um, if they're following us because they want to be there, and if a random person pipes in and has something negative to say, I it really doesn't bother me as as long as it's not aggressive or like whatever. Right. It's because they're they're not they're not buying a ticket, they're not buying a shirt. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm worried about the people and taking care of the people who who follow us. So like then you develop that rapport. So like the people who follow you now feel like you'll respond to their messages. You'll write back to them on their comments. You know what I mean? Like, so, and, and the ones that are negative, you know, fucking whatever, you know, it's so hard. It's so easy for us to say that because we're older and we have a different perspective. Right. Uh, a 16 year old kid that could, that could, it can be devastating. Can be devastating. So it's like, I get why <laughs> some kids don't want to do it. I get that. 
But at the same time, like you have this ability. Now, I mean, that's how just the kid from Maine started. That's how all of our stuff sees the light of day. Like we, we print it here and I just ask people what they think, you know, like the ice fishing hoodie. There was people who were nice about it. And there were people who were a little aggressive about it, about how it should look different. It shouldn't be the old trap that nobody uses. It should be the cross <laughs> stick. So because I was like, you know what? I heard enough people say this. So I'm going to redo it. Man, there's I have jack traps. I like know, I've seen the damn I things. Know, they make them dude. in Monmouth, Maine. Like dude, I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, there were some people that were like very agitated about it. And I was I was very obviously I was like, oh, you know, we'll we'll make it happen. But there's a way to ask for things, you know, like people were like some people bought it and were just like, could there be another version too? Sure, of course. Right. So we did it. It, it's it's just it's the way you ask it's the way you say things and always understand too that like you know if someone makes a comment like that on some of your stuff i'm talking to like younger kids here like just be sympathetic because they're anybody who does that is not in a good place emotionally right. like anybody who's happy living their life looking through stuff you know how much stuff i scroll through on social media or instagram or facebook that i just like laugh at or just think like the worst things about mm-hmm. But you know how many times I write anything on it? Zero, <laughs> Zero. times. Because it's not my responsibility to do that. It's mm-hmm. not my it's not it, my opinion doesn't matter. It's someone else's dream, it's someone else's vision. Do you? So I don't know. Like I, I think I think all your advice about practice, putting your stuff out there, collaborations, you can't be too dark and mysterious. Like you can't tuck yourself away so much that that people don't want to work with you because you don't want to do anything with right. anybody. Like I'm open to anything. I mean, like we've done stuff with so many different types of people. I think that's just helped our brand in general just because, you know, like there's different people that see us, you know, you can't just be so laser focused on like one thing that you want to do that you mm-hmm. say no to this collab, that collab. So I think those three points are, are, do you remember? All right. So here, here's one, uh, uh, when it comes to negative comments, so check this out. So if there's any, if there's if there's anyone here that's an artist of any kind, right, and uh, you're worried about this, so there, do you remember Dispatch Magazine? Oh my God, I knew Man, you were going to say this. What yeah. a pile of shit. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so someone over there hit me up and was like, "Hey, we want to review." This was the first music that I had ever put out. This mm-hmm. was like, like, man, shit, like 2012, I think, mm-hmm. and th- I was the only artist I think in the history of that publication that got two thumbs down on his record oh my god i remember this uh and there was like there was some commentary in there that was like if you like drinking and fires then this is the thing for you i'm like who in the fuck doesn't like that (laughs) but anyway I remember like that having being a good time? devastated <laughs> to me so like i I, i'm not saying you know like and what kyle's talking about i think is is i'm not we're not saying that either of us are have been invincible to those comments or oh, something God, hasn't no. been written no. that didn't bother us i remember you had a what was that what was that thing in the bangor daily oh, about man. you with the with the oh, tight man. suit or something it was, like it that it wasn't it wasn't just it wasn't just but that shit hurt me but i kept i was just like fuck it and i keep going and yeah. like i don't think about that ever yeah now that was literally the last the last podcast that i just did the last you one talked about started, that it was, right. it was just like i don't think about day to day i don't ever go back and go man like this was a really great day it's a great sale day like onward and upward oh but man like i sure am showing that person who left a comment about my attire in 2010 in the right, bangor, and the daily, bangor daily, daily news like, <laughs> like it doesn't like that's what shout I out did. bangor daily yeah shade out shout out bangor shout daily. Out bangor daily. daily dude i remember that was my first piece of press and i there was like a comment it was like youtube comments before there was youtube comments there was probably like i'm fine there was probably like 60 comments that literally 
I think probably it was 50-50 split of positive to negative. And I think probably 30 were negative and it was everything from how terrible my shirts were to how terrible my attire was. Um, yeah, dude. <laughs> but I remember how much that hurt me. And I talk about this when I go to schools and talk is that that, that almost drove me to like, not, not keep going. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, from time to time, like you you're going to get that stuff. And it's like, I wish people understood more that like people who are really successful at a high level, um, they're not invincible, but at the same time, like if you think they care about your, your, their, your opinion of their record that sold 800,000 copies or your shirt that got sold to, you know, tens of thousands of people, like if you think that affects them, cause it's your opinion, like you, you got to get real. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you cannot think that that kind of negativity is going to help anybody, but I'm not immune to it. We're not like what he was just saying. We're not immune to it. Like, you know, that's why I'm very careful about how I word things. And, and, and it's okay to think something. You can think something. You don't need to always express a negative opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I think it's the Bangor, <laughs> the Bangor Daily News. I, I think it's, it's less about developing thick skin and moreover just, like, keeping your eyes and focus on where it needs to be. And then that stuff will affect you less and less. Yep. Um, yep. You know, it's – it's one of those things. And the other thing is, is if you, if you're making somebody react in that way, particularly if you're a musician, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take Florida Georgia line for yeah. an example. There's people that hate those guys. They get death threats and shit. They're the two sweetest, nicest guys ever, yeah. you know? Um, but they make very polarizing music, mm-hmm. uh, It'd be like if, if, you know, no different than some of the comments that you've gotten on pieces of clothing that you've put up before from someone or the other, you made them react in a way. That's a good thing. Yeah. It means you're just not vanilla. So if someone writes something shitty about your drawing or your song or your company that you're starting, well, then you made them react in a way Mm -hmm. you're on the right track, baby. That's what I'm saying. You're on the right track, but also too, like, like I was just telling you a minute ago, we were eating, like we do those giveaway posts. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a good microcosm of like what to take seriously and what not. And out of like 1500 comments, there may have been two or three that were negative or like overtly like hitting on the girl on the phone. <laughs> but so, so take, take those. It wasn't three, me this time. Yeah. So take three out. So take three out and you're left with 1400, you know, 993. It's insane. And you're like, okay. Um, it's like fourteen hundred nine. You're like a Kardashian. Fourteen ninety three. Yeah, <laughs> guys, I score below a thousand on my SATs. Um, but no. So what I'm saying is like the majority is positive. So like you can't, you cannot. I know it's like human psychology. You 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 just focus on the one negative thing, but you really can't. You really, 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 really can't. Because um, like when Joe and I met, like I think I was in year three, three. That sounds Two and a half, right. three of Elixir at the time. Gotta stay fly, baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, <laughs> shout out to uh, I can't remember, Ryan. I can remember his last name. He designed that. He's a graffiti artist in Portland. It's a cool shirt. It is a great shirt. Um, and I think you... You gotta were, bring that back. Maybe. Maybe the old, 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 old Elixir heads would like yep. it. Maybe. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, no. So, like, moral of the story is, like, it may have taken us longer, uh, Joe, longer than some people who start playing music and but that's that's okay like everybody's 
journey is different. You might do Joe's journey in two years. You might do it in 12. Mine is on year going on 12 now. Uh, so I don't know how that equates to anybody else, but that's what it's taken me to get to this point. Um, so yeah, so I, I just like, I think the takeaways from this and that why I wanted to have you come on is cause I feel like a lot of people like, especially with music, they always feel like it's so far away and that they can't get to what they see on YouTube or what they see on Instagram that fucking Billie Eilish is Eilish, Eilish, mm-hmm. whatever, Eilish, whatever. I love her. <laughs> She's incredible. <sighs> oh, dude, it's I, I so good. It. I don't get it. I don't get it. I heard her for the first time when I, so our good friend, JC Coffee, shout out JC Coffee. Gerald. Um, Gerald had a, a job in, in working in radio in Elmira, New York, and he got a job in Nashville and in a pinch needed me to fly to New York and drive his car down. But anyway, I was listening to do a pop playlist on the way there and I called him immediately. I was like, dude, have you heard this girl before? This is March of 2019. He's like, who is it? I'm like, Billy, Billy Elish. I'm like, it sounds like. Fiona Apple did a record with Kanye West and Marilyn Manson. It's the coolest thing I've ever heard. And I called Jason, our buddy, who's a uh, concert promoter here. I'm like, you got to book this girl. And then everyone's like, man, she's like one of the most famous people in the world. Like, you're an idiot. <laughs> but anyway, I fucking love Billie Eilish, man. We, we can agree to disagree. It's all right. That's fine. That's fine. We can agree to disagree. It's fine. Um, yeah, so... I don't even remember what we were talking about at this point. At this point, I think you guys can get the gist of what we're talking about here. Um, realistically speaking, this was just, this is no different than shit that Joe and I talk about all the time. It's really just like, uh, just two buddies chopping it up over like life and things that they're going through and, uh, you know, plugging away and keep going and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, if you want to follow Joseph in his music endeavors, uh, Joseph, Gallant, Joseph Gallant music, I think on all social media, right? Everywhere. Yep. Everywhere. Yep. That's easy to find. Um, Spotify, same thing. Joseph Gallant, um, better buzz. All those songs that you have are just amazing. Uh, so with that stuff out of the way, what are we nearing here? We got about eight minutes left. It's time. That's what you guys are all been waiting for. The I unveiling. Grab, I gotta grab my phone. He's going to grab his phone. Um, <laughs> So, again, like we touched on in the beginning, a lot of people out there, probably weekly, will ask me what throt means. There's a lot of people out there, too, that have tried to make this word their own. It's not going to be your word, okay? It's an original. It's our thing. Short for something. You don't need to know what it is, okay? So, Joe and I, through the years, have kept a list on Joe's phone that if anybody, if if there's a... Suggestion, suggestion for someone to be added to the throt list. We both say yes or no, yay or nay. We debate on it, and they get added. So at this current time, we have the current, we have the current throt list, and I'm going to read half, and Joe's going to read half, and uh, feedback if you like. Um, again, we're not going to tell you what it means. It's for us. It might not mean anything. You know what? It might not mean anything. It might be that you're just asking me all the time. Okay. Here we go. And this is in no order. Okay. This is in no order. Uh, this is as it pops into our head. But here we go. Top to bottom. John Mayer. Jim Carrey. <laughs> Alrighty then. Dude, I'm already <laughs> laughing. Um, Tom Brady, obviously. Elvis Presley, which, by the way, Elvis is number one, right? I think so. Okay, so we're gonna out we're gonna we're gonna 
we're going to do this. Alpha. Yeah, he's the alpha. He's one. If you disagree with that, watch the HBO documentary, the two-part series on Elvis, and then get back to me. Justin Timberlake. He had a number one record and then went to war. He did. That uh, <laughs> Justin Bieber wouldn't do that. Justin Timberlake, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, Tom Hanks, Matthew McConaughey, obviously, Eric Clapton, Ray Bork, J.J. <laughs> <laughs> Watt, or as we call him, J.J. Throt, Rob Thomas, William Defoe. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, where he puts the leeches on himself in speed. Uh, I heard he's amazing in Lighthouse. Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, Ted Danson, Garth Brooks, Gronk, (laughs) Sting, the singer, (laughs) (laughs) Pat Tillman. If anybody doesn't know who Pat Tillman is, turn this podcast off, pause it, go to YouTube, come back and finish. Yeah, Like, literally one of the greatest men that's ever lived. Yep. Billy Crystal, The Rock. Rod Stewart, Christian Bale, Eric De- Eric Decker? When did he get added? Uh, when I saw him at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> he was in he was in the terminal in Nashville, him and his wife. Okay. And uh, I was like, yeah, all right, okay. Okay. That's that's enough for me. Okay. Harrison Ford, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, Blake Shelton, Larry Bird, <laughs> Bill Belichick, Bill Murray, Bruce Willis. A lot of Bs right there. Yep. Leonardo DiCaprio, which Jesus Christ. How can anybody debate Leonardo DiCaprio's throttness? Has anybody seen Once uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or The Revenant? Ugh. Catch me Inception. If you can. Oh my God. Catch me if you can. Catch me if you're throt, dude. Yep. Jeremy Piven. Which look, some people are gonna some people are gonna listen to that and say, I don't get that. He's solely in based on Ari Gold. Just know that. Mm-hmm. Daniel Day Lewis. Tom Cruise. Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously. Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Like Roadhouse Mullet Swayze, that's the personification of it right there. Like I think if 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 this was a if this was a book and it was like the Throt book, mm-hmm. it would be the picture of Swayze from Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Walken, Denzel, Ryan Gosling, Kurt Russell. <laughs> What's that movie breakdown? Uh, John Winkin. Oh. <laughs> is anybody, please write to me and tell me if you guys know if who John, know who Winkin, John Winkin, is. Winkin is. Sam Elliott, Val Kilmer, Kevin Costner, Nick Cage, which the cult leader, Daddy D'Elia, this week discussed Nicolas Cage in his podcast at the end. If you go to the Turtleneck episode at the end of Chris D'Elia's podcast, he will explain to you why he is a throb. I don't want to hear any bullshit about how you think Nicolas Cage is a bad actor. If you don't tear up at the end of Con Air when he gives his goddamn daughter a bunny, you're a cyborg. Moving along. Michael Keaton. (laughs) Mark Wahlberg. Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs) John Hamm. Doug Flutie, Doug Breeze, David Stern, rest in peace. Julian Edelman, for obvious reasons. Mel Gibson. Springsteen. John Wayne. I think John Wayne was at the beginning, too. James Franco. George Washington, the first president of the United States. Also graces the $1 bill Mm -hmm. with his throat. Yep, he sure does. Abe Lincoln. So upstanding, Abe Lincoln. Roger, you know, honestly, if this was if this was 2020 and we were naming. So it was Abe Lincoln was a Republican, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And George Washington was a was he Democrat? 
I have no idea. Okay, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of Democrat and Republicans on this list, and if this was anybody, if we were naming current people, like in the current landscape, people would be so just mind fucked that we're naming people from different mm-hmm. different political. Uh, Roger Clemens, uh, the big unit, Randy Johnson. Yep. Jack Nickelthrott. <laughs> Robert Duvall, great pick. Yep. Jeff Bridges, who isn't Jeff Bridges the the dude? The dude. The dude. Okay. Russell Crowe, Sly Stallone, Johnny Cash, <laughs> Roger Federer, <laughs> Michael Jordan, obviously, Alan Jackson, Joe Pesci, Tony Hawk. You guys, you guys know that Tony Hawk made ten million dollars off Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Robert Tony Hawk De- is the man. He is Tony Throb. Robert De Niro, Johnny Depp, Luke Bryan, the Vinces, Vince McMahon, and Vince Vaughn, Dale Earnhardt Jr., <laughs> Jimmy Johnson. Solely for his hair. Where did I leave off? Rob Thomas. Which also, too, fuck you if you don't agree with that. Christopher Lloyd. (laughs) (laughs) Great, Scott. (laughs) Great. Oh, perfect. Um, John Cena. Drew Bledsoe. I once got Drew Bledsoe's autograph at a Boston Celtics game at the Garden. The last pissed. Pissed. The last last Garden uh, year before they made the Fleet Center, it was the Magic... A rookie Penny Hardaway, a sophomore year Shaq versus the um, Celtics. Two rows in front of me, Mo Vaughn. Amazing. A row behind me, Drew Bledsoe. We had behind the backboard seats. Uh, there was a line to get into Bledsoe. By the time I got to him, he grabbed the program out of my hand, signed it, and threw it back to me. He was with his wife and was just so pissed. Mo Vaughn, I couldn't get to. There was too much of a line. Just poor guys. Ben Affleck. <laughs> I still have. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Who's a great Bond, by the way? Very underrated. Good bond. Underrated Bond. He who is the face of uh, Goldeneye and yep. N64. Wayne Gretzky, obviously. Ric Flair. Philip Rivers, for the sole fact that he has nine kids. Brett Hall. Bobby Orr. <laughs> Dennis Eckersley. <laughs> for all the other accomplishments, but mostly the mustache. Pedro Martinez, because he once threw an old man from the Yankees on the ground during a baseball fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's such an ape thing that I just said. Yep. Brett Favre, Tiger Woods, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Back to School is super it's great incredible movie. movie. A young Robert Thrody Jr. is on there, too. Yep. Downey Jr. is like 20 in that movie, and he, he's in he there. He was a late addition, but uh, an oversight. Mm-hmm. Cal Ripken Jr. Who I met one time. Good story. Steve Martin. <laughs> Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Ate raw meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and smoked twelve Cuban cigars a day, and was a god at baseball. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem smoking cigars and eating meat, and mm-hmm. not thinking that I'm going to be Babe Ruth or live to be. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me Google this. The Babe. Yeah, the Babe. Uh, babe Ruth. Before I say something, I'm going to regret. Dude, that guy. Did the, I thought the Babe lived forever, didn't he? Hold on. No, he. Okay, no, he did not. Um, he lived to be fifty-three. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I'm going to start going more to an all-vegetarian diet. Michael J. Fox. Bill Parcells. Walt Disney. <laughs> this, is where, this is where the list... Uh, who knows? Maybe people, have a, maybe people have a sense of humor. Uh, Elon Musk. Bob Kraft. <laughs> Bar- uh, Barack Obama. Sam Jackson. Harry Winkler, Michael Bolton, 
Mike Shusevsky, obviously. Jim Kelly, Paul Rudd, Ted Turner, Chevy Chase, Robert Downey Jr., and added today, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> That's the current thought list, guys. You got an addition? Send it our way. Message me. There is no email set up for this podcast yet. Probably will never will be. Um, but yeah, there you go. We're not going to tell you what throt means. If you can't figure it out after hearing that list, don't know what to tell you. Um, I want to thank Joe. Uh, he's in town anyway for the weekend. It's great seeing you, bud. Yeah, man. Um, wanted you to come on and, and kind of just give some, because I'm just a schmuck talking into a microphone in here by myself about clothing and my personal struggles. Um, and I thought it'd be cool to have somebody else who's who's doing something in the music music industry. And um, we kind of came up the same way. So it's been cool to have you in here and uh, and talk about that stuff. Yeah, dude. I'm fucking proud of you. Watched you uh, build this shit. So it's 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 cool to, you know, see it become. Yeah, we're sitting. We're actually we're actually sitting in my car right now. There's the, there's nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. No, I appreciate you, man. I love you guys. Remember, uh, it's on iTunes now. Uh, I got approved by uh, Steve Jobs himself. Uh, got the message, and he approved me um, from wherever he might be, and uh, said it was okay to put this podcast on iTunes. So he is there. Um, <laughs> Spotify obviously is there. Stories for another time. Uh, dot com or dot podbean dot com. Excuse me. Uh, eventually, it will just be stories for another time. Uh, dot com. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Um, if you have an addition to the throt list, please write that in the reviews on iTunes. I want to laugh at that. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll see you next time. We'll be back to little old me next time, and then maybe I don't know. Maybe next time we'll have Brendan Fraser on. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'll see. You.